Have a seat. <clears throat> Maybe you saw in an email earlier this week that Colette Herman passed away. That's Steve Basham, who's on our staff and a member of our church. It's his sister. But part of this week, Steve called and asked if I would go out and pray with her. And of course, I was honored to do that. She was literally on her deathbed, and he wanted me to pray with the family. So. Uh, he said, you know what, it, it's, it's dark, and uh, you don't know how to get there, and I'm going to stay longer than you, so why don't I drive by your house, you can just follow me out there, and then you can come whenever we're done. And I said, well, Steve, that'll be fine. So he drove by the house, took me out on the main road, and, and then we, we turned off, and we made a couple turns, then made three or four more turns, we crossed two or three state lines, and finally, we got there, Okay. <clears throat> And I went in and had prayer, which, as I said, was an honor for me to be part of that with him and his family. But then as I turned to leave, he said, well, I brought you the simple way because I didn't want to bring you out the country roads. And I said, Steve, that was not through the country. you got to be kidding me. And his brother-in-law said, you know what? It's simple. You just pull out the drive. You make a left, the second right. Then you make the fifth left and then the 14th right, and you'll be back on the main road. And I said, no, it's not simple. It's simple because I'm going to follow Google, okay? Yes. <laughs> you got to follow someone, don't you? I mean, in, in life, we are going to follow something or someone. That's just the way that it works in this life. And so, you know, today I want us to think about who we're following. How do we decide the direction of our lives? Who are we going to follow? You know, one of the easy things that, that we can follow in this life is what God made, our, our bodies, right? I mean, our bodies are easy to follow because they are always with us, right? Can't get away from it. And so when our bodies need food, we're hungry. Are we filling our stomachs? We might get a little weak. We might get a little hangry. Right? I do. My family will tell you about that, okay? But then we go and eat and it's okay. If we need water, we, we feel thirsty, we feel parched, we want to go find something to drink. We have all kinds of desires that God created within us because if those things weren't there, we wouldn't know to eat, right? We would die. We would not survive that if we didn't follow some of the desires that God put within us. We have all kinds of those. God put a desire for sex in us so that our species survives. God also created some things that we just sort of want, things that make our lives easier, that make our bodies more comfortable, right? I mean, all of us could sleep on the floor. A lot of the world's population sleeps on the floor every single night. But I'm going to sleep better if I'm sleeping on a deluxe pillow top silly posturepedic, right? It just makes us more comfortable. Our bodies tell us what they want. And we can follow our bodies. And in fact, we have to in some ways, like I said, because we wouldn't survive. But even beyond that, the thing is, if we follow too far down just what our bodies want, it leads to excess, doesn't it? It takes us in a direction that can lead to physical unhealth, spiritual, emotional health can be sacrificed for what we want to make our bodies feel more comfortable and to satisfy the desires that we have. It can lead to, ultimately, death. So if we can't just follow our bodies, which feels really pretty natural, what should we be following? Well, that's what I want us to talk about today. Today we're continuing the series that I'm calling Practice, and we're thinking about practices that we can use to help us grow in our relationship with God, practices that can lead us to a deeper relationship with God. And 
A lot of times we turn to prayer and Bible study when we talk about that, and we should. Those are necessary, hugely important. We've talked about them in the past, done some series on just those things. In this series, we're looking at some that sometimes we overlook, and that's one that we're looking at today that I think is really foundational that Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8. Now, we'll get there in just a minute. Not surprisingly, before we get to Romans chapter 8, we find Romans chapter 7. And in Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about sin. And he's not just talking about sin as a general concept, just that sin is out there. Paul's talking about sin very specifically. He's talking about his own sin. Okay, Even apostles' sin. These men were not perfect. In fact, Paul says there's stuff that man, I don't want to do, and I keep doing it, and there's things that I should be doing that I'm not getting to. And he calls that sin and talks about how powerful sin can be in our lives. And then in chapter 8, he begins to think about some things that can overcome the power of sin in our lives. And I want us to look at that because I think it can help us know who to follow. We begin in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. This is what Paul says. Those who live according to the flesh. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about our bodies, okay? Those who live according to what the body wants. That's what he means. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So, that could be our guide. We could say, all right, I'm going to follow what my body wants. But, those who live in accordance with the Spirit, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Now, what does he mean? He says, listen, we're talking about the Spirit of God here. We could follow our own bodies. Easy to do, with us all the time, always telling us what they want, but that can lead to trouble. Or we can follow the Spirit of God who is calling us to allow Him to lead us. Okay, we've got a choice there. We can have the mindset of I'll do whatever it takes to make my body happy or I can do whatever it takes to follow God's spirit. Which one are we going to do? Verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh, the body, is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. That's pretty strong language. The mind governed by the body, the flesh, is death. It's death because it leads to excess. It's death because it leads to sin if we just follow what we want all the time. But Paul says this other life, this life of following God's Spirit, that leads to life and peace. What does he mean? Well, I think he means that in a couple different ways, right? Okay, so part of it is what happens here and now. If we follow God's Spirit, then we can have the life that God wants for us, the life of, as we've said in the series, reflecting who God is to the people around us, and a life of true peace. Now, what we think is, if I please my body, I'll be at peace. We get a little bit of that, right? I'm really hungry, like I haven't eaten all day. I eat a nice lunch. What do I feel? Better, right? My body was telling me things are not settled. I need to go eat something. It can even make us a little nervous. Then we eat. Then we're ready for a nap. Right? It brings us peace. But Paul says if you listen to that too much, it's going to be anything but peace. But if you follow God's Spirit, that leads you to true peace. Peace that lasts. Peace even in the midst of difficulty. Peace even when life is not the way we really want it to be. 
a different kind of peace. But it's not just life and peace now because even if we follow the Spirit, eventually this body's going to die. We all know that. So it's not just following the body that leads to, spirit, that leads to death. It, it's living life in general. So what about that? Paul talks about that specifically. We skip down to verse 11. And if the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. So if God's spirit is at work in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, to your body that dies because of his spirit who lives in you. So we're all going to die. But if we have the spirit of God at work in us, it is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus actually died. They buried him. And then three days later, he was alive and he didn't die again. And Paul says, because Jesus went through that, he promises the same thing to us. He paved the way for us. And if the spirit's at work in you, yeah, you're going to die. But that death is anything but final. God is at work for eternal life. So he promises us life and peace now, but he promises us life and peace for eternity. He expands on that in verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, not to our bodies, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So Paul takes that a little bit further. He says, listen, if you live according to the Spirit, you can overcome the power of sin. Are you going to be perfect? No. Paul says he's not perfect in chapter 7. But he says we can overcome the power of sin, partly because we're forgiven, partly because we're not bound to it. If we're following God's Spirit rather than what we want... We're going to have a whole lot better chance of overcoming the sin that is at work in our lives, of saying no to temptation. And that changes our eternity. No, we don't earn heaven because we're better than other people, but man, because God's Spirit is living in us and we are fulfilling what God called us to be and to do, we find forgiveness in Jesus Christ and we find eternal life. Then finally, verse 14, he sums it up. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. God is leading you. You're not, you're not just living in the house. You're not just sort of a friend of the family. You are invited into the family. You are made part of this family because of the Spirit. So what's Paul telling us? I think it's this. We all follow someone. Our best guide is God's Spirit. We are going to follow someone in this life. Maybe it's our body. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe we're just going to try to please someone else because we want them to be part of our lives so badly. But the best guide for this life is God's Spirit. We're talking about God at work in us. But, man, some of us might say, well, like, on practical terms... What does that mean? Like, how do I know that God is at work in me? How do I know when I'm being led by the Spirit or being led by just what I want? How can I tell the difference? Does God speak audibly? Well, He doesn't speak audibly to me, but God does. He is at work in our lives. So we might say, how? Four things I want to say about that that I want to explore just briefly. First, know God's Spirit is present in you. 
Okay, sometimes we might think like we're all Christians, but God's Spirit is at work in some Christians in, in a different way, in a better, more powerful way than He is everybody else. Like this, there's this special class of Christians that really have God's Spirit, and then there's everybody else. That is not true. That is not a picture we see painted in the New Testament. What we see is that when we choose to put our faith in Jesus Christ and we're baptized into Him, God's Spirit dwells in us. He is part of our lives. Now, even though God's Spirit's at work in me, I can say, no thanks. I'm not interested in following. I'm going to please myself. Okay, that's my choice. God's not going to force me. Man, if we're open... God's Spirit is at work in every single one of us, not because we're more special than other Christians, because that's the way God works. Because He knows we need Him. He knows we need His leading. So if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have to go out and find it, okay, how can I invite God's Spirit into my life because it's not there now? It is there. Maybe you've been ignoring God's Spirit, but He's there. So how do I really get in contact with this? Second, pray for God's Spirit to guide you. Throughout Scripture, this Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, and prayer, man, it seems like they always show up in the same place. If we want to be led by God's Spirit, the first thing we need to do is ask God to do that. I mean, the Spirit's there, but if we're talking about, hey, God, I want you to lead me, just, just ask. Just ask for that. And maybe it's specifically, maybe it's in a relationship, a decision that has to be made, a decision over what's right and what's wrong in life. Ask God for His Spirit to be at work in that specific situation. Or maybe you're just saying, you know what, I, I don't even know what's up, what's down. I don't know what direction to go in, but I know I need God's Spirit at work in my life because I got this messed up. Ask. It's all about prayer. And then third, follow the Spirit's leading when you know it's there. My guess is most of us, at some point along the way, as we've tried to follow God, there's been a moment when we've thought, you know what, here's a person in need, I should help. I, a person comes to mind and we think, I should give that person a call, send them a text, message them in some way, I need to reach out. Maybe you've thought, well, this is something that's right, that i got to pursue, and I know what I'm doing right now is wrong. In those moments, it's like God is at work. God is calling us to do something, and we've got a choice. I can ignore it, or I can follow. And when you're in one of those moments that it's like, it's pretty clear God is asking me to do something, I say do it. Because that's going to put you in touch with God's Spirit in a way that will teach you how He works. We think it's really mystical, and sometimes it feels that way, but sometimes it's just really practical. Like, call this person who's sick. Okay, that's, that's pretty down to earth. And I think sometimes God works just like that, in that practical and almost mundane a way to reach out. And when we take those little steps, we begin to learn how God is at work in our lives and how to follow. And then finally, always allow Scripture to be your umpire, your guide. Because 
There are times we might say, well, I think maybe God's Spirit is calling me to do this, but I'm not sure it's really right. Well, if Scripture says it's wrong, that is not God's Spirit leading you, okay? Because God's Spirit is never going to call you to do something that Scripture says you should not do. Now, sometimes we want to justify stuff. We want to do stuff that goes back to pleasing the body, and we want to blame it on God. God is never going to call you to do something that He has said is wrong in Scripture. So if you're wondering, see what the Bible says. We're all going to follow someone. Every single one of us. The question is who? We can choose lots of different things. But what I'm telling you today is God's Spirit is your best guide. It always will be. You know, we're in this season of Thanksgiving this week, and we're going to be sharing a lot of meals with different people that we love, and maybe some people you don't love. But you're going to share a meal with them, okay? (laughs) And I hope you think a little bit about Thanksgiving, because here's one thing I know. Over and over in Scripture, if you read through the book of Psalms, you see it countless times there, we are called to give thanks. God's Spirit is always consistent with giving thanks. So let me encourage you to do this. If you're, if you're not really thought that much about following God's Spirit before, a great place to start this week is giving thanks because I guarantee God's Spirit is calling you to do that because it runs all the way through Scripture. And in fact, I'd like for us to start now. If you will with me, I'm not I'm going to make you, I'm just asking you. Let's spend just a minute here, and I'm going to be silent, and let God's Spirit sort of work in you to remind you of some things that you should be thankful for. And you know, every one of us, I mean, we could make a list of stuff that we're not thankful for, because those are the things that are always bothering us, but even if life is not where you want it today, even if there's relationships that are broken, even if you don't have some stuff that, man, it would be really nice to have, there's still reason to give thanks. So let me ask you, for just a few seconds, allow God's Spirit to lead you to give thanks for some. We're going to be quiet for just a minute, and then I'll close this with prayer. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful. We're thankful for your spirit at work in our lives. We're thankful right now just to be in this place with people who have the same faith in you and in Christ and want to worship together. We're thankful we get to be in this room right now. God, we're thankful for our family. We're thankful for friends. We're thankful for you meeting our basic needs. And the list goes on and on. God, we pray right now that you will be at work in our lives. We pray for your spirit to lead us. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and continue to worship.